Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. So what's the best way to describe what's been happening in the corn and the beans? Of course, the topic all week has been crude oil. And when will we start to see demand improve for gasoline? Though one guy, by the way, has an interesting thought. It's Jeff Peterson joins us with Heartland Farm Partners. And Jeff, I, I want to talk about that gasoline real fast before we jump into the corn and the bean market. We have got folks saying we need to go back to the old-fashioned Sunday drives to help with that gas consumption you know i'm i'm for anything that can help get people out and get them going and, and putting some miles on because definitely the the ethanol industry definitely needs it right now very much so so as we look at the corn and the beans what is the best way to describe what's been happening well i think the best way to look at it and there's there's lots of adjectives we could sure use isn't there susan <laughs> uh, just a few <laughs> but uh i think it's just like you, it's kind of like you've got a fire that's just kind of smoldering it just can't get enough you know, kindling, and that, that's what it's kind of running on. And we got a wet blanket over the top of we're being pressured by the energy market. And then when we start thinking we're getting past that, then we have all the concern about the slowdown at you know, all the packer facilities, whether it be for hogs or or ultimately for, for cattle. And then we've actually got some really good planting conditions in, in many areas that, you know, outside a little bit in the eastern Corn Belt and a little bit down in the Delta in that area, really good conditions. And then we, we propped the market up at times with a few prospects of some Chinese buying. And that's what kind of gave us a little bit of a boost this morning. And But then, unfortunately, then we also have to contend with the whole idea that when we see some of the hog slaughter information coming out of China from from the first three months, and, and believe it or not, Susan, their production's down 30% compared to a year ago. And that doesn't bode well for you know soybean meal demand here in the U.S. So a lot of factors weighing on this market right now. So then how does that all factor in, especially what we're seeing in the current situation with crude oil? Are we seeing any pressure on corn and beans because of all that? Yeah, we really are. And, you know, it was a wild week. You're exactly right. First time we ever saw a crude on the board for WTI trade negative. But we, we all realized that that really wasn't necessarily the cash dynamic. But, but let's be honest, for many of these facilities that are pumping oil, you know, some of them are actually having to sell at at some negative numbers so they're having to pay some people to take it away and and until we can improve that crude oil situation and really what it is susan is that we're out of balance we're still producing too much probably producing 25 million barrels a day more than what our demand is and keep in mind that opec plus deal that was talked about there that really doesn't supposed to kick in until may 1st now there are some that are talking about starting it sooner so we've still got a glut of oil in the market and to give you an idea here in the u.s uh, when we take a look at our stocks, uh, we're building stocks at the rate of about 15 mer- million barrels per week. Um, at the current pace we're on, that, that would put us full somewhere in the middle of August. So it's a little ways out there, but we've just got too much crude oil, and that's that's really kind of putting pressure on all the markets right now, Susan. Are we going to see some long-term pressure, though, from from everything that's happened this week? Well, I think as we as we take a look at it, um, I think we're starting to actually work our way through it. So we may be getting some of the worst of it behind us, but it's just not quite there, Susan. So we talked a little bit about gasoline demand. Let's get out there and do those Sunday drives, get the family out. Are we starting to see some improvement, especially with this crazy low as some of these prices are around the country? You know, I think we are. And, and when we... The, the best way for us to watch that is we watch the EIA numbers. That's the Energy Information Administration. They put out numbers every Wednesday, and that's where they talk about 
uh, crude oil production and stocks, and they also talk about ethanol production stocks and gasoline. And what it looks like when we look back on the numbers, it looks like actually the gasoline demand bottomed, I think, week ending April 3rd. So that was back a couple weeks ago. Um, that was at about 5.065 million barrels per day. The latest numbers we got on Wednesday which would have taken us through the 17th, would have been 5.31 million barrels per day. So it's up, uh, gasoline demand's up about 4.8% off the bottom. But keep in mind, that's still down about 44% from where we were in mid-March. And the other part of that, just like we talk about getting supply and demand out of balance, um, there was about a million barrel build in gasoline stocks. So what that means is that the refiners are actually still producing a little bit too much gasoline compared to what the demand is. But we're really getting pretty close to get that one kind of solved. And that's kind of our first step in, in getting the whole process improving, Susan. Looking at that ethanol market, what are some major problems that we're seeing right now? Well, you know, it, it, it's interesting. It's kind of the same problems we've we've had for a while here. But the, the first big problem is that we just are having a hard time for a lot of these locations, finding locations for them to be able to build their trains to as they get them full. So basically, we're talking about the demands just really soft there. And, and then on top of that, so you've got situation where you're having a hard time sending the, the crude or the ethanol out and then you've got just raw price you know when we take a look at those variable returns and what basically what they're saying is that we just aren't able to turn a profit and for some of them it's not only that they're not able to turn a profit overall what they're saying is that by us running another bushel of of corn through we're actually taking a bigger loss so that's why we're seeing some of the plants slow down and ultimately end up you know, some of them shutting down. Uh, to give you an idea, um, this week compared to a year ago, ethanol production's down about 46.3%. That 563,000 uh, barrels per day, you know, that would be a new record low. Uh, we just kind of keep setting them. And uh, overall, year to date, we've used, uh, we're down on corn demand about 3.9%. Now, USDA has corn demand down about 6.1%, but what will happen, Susan, is we'll stay down here very long. You know, our numbers for year to date will really start pulling back. Lots of things, and it's amazing how much this ethanol market weighs in on the entire grain complex and, and the livestock complex as well. Most definitely. It, it has a big weight around it. Well, stick around, folks. When we come back, we're going to continue to talk in this focus of the ethanol. Can it recover, especially without the crude oil finding a bottom in the near price? Also, we're going to take a look at what's happening in the corn and the bean markets. How do you market into this coming year? As I hear in the background here, planters in the field. We know it's happening all across the upper Midwest. More is coming up. It's the Thursday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We continue our conversation with Jeff Peterson of Heartland Farm Partners. And we've been talking a lot of ethanol today. What are you seeing when it comes to stock numbers? Yeah, and that's something that I also wanted to mention as we're finishing up there, Susan. You know, not only are we running into issues with finding a place to go for the ethanol as they're trying to sell it out. Also, with the plants, the stocks are getting tight. And as we take a look at the numbers, those also come out every Wednesday. Um, 27.689 um, million 
or be excuse me a million barrels yes and each barrel is 42,000 gallons that's up 21.7 percent compared to a year ago now the nice the nice part of a bad situation is the fact that i think this week we're only up about a million gallons compared to last week so what that's telling us susan is we're getting the balance from the ethanol plant what they're producing with the demand going into the blend into the gasoline balanced out closer. So that's kind of the second step in the process. Get the ethanol demand, you know, back to a point where we're balancing the supply and demand and then also get that gasoline demand. So we get those two factors behind us and kind of stabilizing and and then we can start maybe working higher from here. Well, can, can ethanol recover much um, considering without the crude oil finding a bottom in these prices? Well, and we've spent a lot of time talking about that, and that's that's a big question. And at times in the market, they, they do kind of move opposite of each other. But I think overall, and that's the challenging part, Susan, is that uh, we do have to find a bottom in the crude oil price. Because if we don't find a bottom in the crude oil price, then that means we don't probably find a bottom yet in the gasoline price. And we really need to find a bottom in those two prices before we can get to a point where we can start getting the demand back up, but then also getting the price high enough on the ethanol side to start making some plants start thinking about, okay, maybe we can start increasing production some, or we can maybe go ahead and start getting back. Maybe we're shut down and we can start running again. So I think it's going to be really hard without crude oil bottoming first. And not to imagine what this is having in the economic effects on these small communities. Yeah, the small town, and, and that is something I, I worry about, bigger picture, Susan. Um, you know, you look at all across the world, uh, you're hearing GDP numbers being talked about going down 3% for the world, and you think about that, that is dramatic. I, I really worry, worry from an economic standpoint that we aren't creating a situation that could be just as bad as what we saw in the Great Recession, the Great, you know, maybe even the Great Depression. And and I don't know that we uh, I don't know that we've seen that yet. It's just hard to shut down all this, you know, this e-commerce and shut down everything like we have and not have some big consequences. One of the other concerns that I have, Susan, what's it going to end up doing to not only um, the federal government we know has the ability to print money, but you talk, start taking a look at the state governments, the local city governments, the local townships, counties, schools. It's going to have a big ripple effect that we're going to be dealing with for quite some time. So are we possibly close to finding a bottom for the corn and the beans? You know, it looks really close. When we take a look at the charts here on both corn and beans from the activity we saw because of the big push down with crude oil, um, from a technical standpoint, it would look very good. I'm hesitant to call it quite yet just because I, I am still concerned that the, the price of crude oil could still make another push down. But, but I think we're getting really close in here, Susan. So farmers are getting busy. They're, they're, if they're not already planting, they're getting very close to it. So they may be thinking about what's left in the bin and what's yet to come in the bin and trying to market in these very uncertain times that we're in. Yeah, there is, and, there's, and that's what's creating a lot of the stress. And, and as we get that question posed to us, and really what we're saying is, what should I do? What should I do with old crop and new crop? And to answer that question, let's kind of break it apart into corn and beans first and then old crop and new crop. I think on old crop, on corn and beans, one of the things we have to be worried about is the basis. And only because we don't know what this ethanol demand is going to be, and we don't know what the feed demand ultimately down the road is going to be. And and as a result of that, I think as we get a little bit of firmness in here, as guys are planning and stuff, I do think our first step is to work on getting those basis levels locked up. I wouldn't lock everything up um, for harvest yet. I think we want to give a little time, see if we have any problems, see if there's some switches on acres as it relates to new crop, but this old crop we want to. Then what we have to do is we have to get focused on, okay, um, 
mentally prepare ourselves that we may not have a, a big bounce. We, we definitely will have a bounce in here, but it may not be as much as we're really hoping for. And, and on that bounce, when we get it, we have to be prepared to sell. We have to sell out because here's the other part that if we sell out and all of a sudden conditions change, just have in the back of your mind what's your plan. Are you going to be able to go out there, buy some calls or do something? Don't do that now, but to, to take advantage and, and get rid of that fear of missing out on a higher price. Um, and then as far as the new crop uh, side goes, I think on that same move that we end up having there, Susan, then we just really have to, to also get our finger on the trigger and be ready to pull and sell it at levels lower than what we'd really like to sell at. Lots of things to think about and keeping the emotion out of this trade as we continue to move forward. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Jeff? Yeah, give me a call at 402-366-4694. Check us out at heartlandfarmpartners.com or follow me on Twitter at jeffpeterson01. And just a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve substantial risk of loss and are not suitable for all investors. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers. Pick this up as a podcast at ruralradio.com or wherever you subscribe. You can also pick it up on Spotify. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.